Breathe deep. Relax. Your body is now listening to DK Vine's Conversation Podcast. But that's not where your mind or your soul need to remain. Let's go on a journey. <laughs> Come along. Take my hand. Caress it. It's soft, isn't it? Let's take a short walk. Right across the room. Nice and easy. Not too fast. That wasn't so hard now, was it? Now, let go. Let's fly together. Don't look at me like that. It's not difficult. Simply shed the weight and the worry of the world. Leave it all behind. You won't need it where we're going. Well, <laughs> look at that. You're floating right off the ground into the sky. Through the cosmos, piercing the great veil. Angeles Convention Center of the mind. Don't be afraid. The germs can't reach us here. It's here where the Electronic Entertainment Expo is still being held. Just like it is every summer. The sterile convention hall air fills your lungs. Let it in. The air conditioning soothes your sweaty back from the brutal heat of a Southern Californian June. And across that moistened spine, a chill. Feel it go all the way up. Let your hairs stand on end. Is that the AC? No. It's the anticipation. The thrill of knowing that we're on the precipice of the new. Of new games being announced. New adventures. Shared experiences. Memories as eternal as the energies you store within. Yes. That's right. Welcome to DK Vines Not E3 2022. Yeah! 
welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell. I am Cameron Regal. I'm Dustin Jackson. And welcome to Not E3 2022 and the kickoff to DK Vine's Stinky Ape Summer. Woo! Those are my favorite kind. Yeah. I. Oh, well, so... How's everyone doing on this uh, this kickoff to an event that doesn't actually exist? Do, doing good? Uh, feeling pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just had I just had a uh, poppy seed muffin and I'm ready to rock. Oh, you're gonna be pulled over, Dustin. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna. What gonna seems be- to be the officer problem? <laughs> this guy's <laughs> high as a kite. <laughs> off the poppy seed. So here's what's happening. Uh, we're actually broadcasting this episode live on our Twitch channel. So I want to give a shout out to everyone in there. See our friend Steve McCorkle from off of Rare Gamer. You might be seeing Steve later in the coming week. Uh, Gibbon, Mitchell, they're all in there. Everybody's Everybody's here. I'll give shout outs if people trickle in throughout but this is the time of year when e3 would normally be held and of course e3 was completely canceled back in march they weren't even going to attempt the subpar digital presentation they attempted to do last year which let me just tell you it was kind of a disaster not as much as a disaster as doxing all of the press who attended (laughs) E3 2019, but still, uh, thank you for that again, E3. Never even got an apology. So, DK Vine, we're all about tradition, and the most important tradition to us is E3. It's the most magical time of year for us, and back in 2020, you know, at, at the start of the pandemic, and E3 was completely canceled that year, we did our not E3 streamaganza, where we did three solid days of streaming on Twitch. Well, we're not quite doing that this year. We will have some fun streams, but it's not going to be as rigidly scheduled as it was back then, partially because we will have gaming news to talk about in the coming week. I don't know how much. Nobody really knows yet. But because of that, we are structuring this not E3 like a traditional E3. And I'm just going to have to break down the schedule for everyone as I currently understand it. So right now, if you go to DKVine.com, you can go to not E3 2022 discussion. The forum is launched. So feel free to jump in there. Speculate wildly. I see we already have our annual Saberman Stampede thread up and running. <laughs> so thank God. All right. It's not June without my Saberman Stampede thread on the DK Vine forum. So we got that going. But the weekend ahead, because this episode is going to go up for everyone as soon as we're done streaming it on Twitch. Tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, I am getting up before dawn to go on my annual E3 bear hike. And, you know, I I have to explain this every year and I'm tired of it. Does somebody else want to explain what the bear hike is? 
what 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 it signifies for DK Vine and the DKU. I saw Cameron put his hand up. <laughs> uh, how? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, as I understand it, uh, it's an annual tradition. You go on a bear hike, hoping that uh, if you see a bear, it indicates that we will. Uh, is, is it see a new DKU game, or is it six more weeks of winter? Uh, well, it, it's basically the in, in mid June. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the same principle <laughs> as Groundhog Day. It's basically if I have a bear encounter in the wilderness, then that brings good tidings for the DKU. A lot of people are under the assumption that a bear sighting means a Banjo Kazooie game. It doesn't just mean Banjo Kazooie. There are bears in Donkey Kong, idiots. <laughs> oh, we get a conquer game every year, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was actually tied to the animal, I don't think I would ever see a gorilla and a monkey. We would be shit out of luck for the Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, there there was the time I saw that <laughs> that nudist who was hiking, but unfortunately he wasn't wearing red Y fronts, so it meant nothing for Mister Pants. <laughs> <laughs> So close. No, so basically, I, I see a bear maybe half the time. And sometimes it has correlated to a DK. It's just, it's just a bullshit tradition, but it's fun. And uh, in 2019, I saw a bear, and we got Banjo and Kazooie in Smash, among other things. So that's Everyone what, thank Kyle. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I worked hard to see that bear and make it happen. Oh, uh, So... That's that's what the bear hike is. I will be doing that tomorrow morning, uh, leaving before dawn, getting there early when the bears are roaming to increase my odds. And I will document any bear sightings I see, bring back the evidence, and uh, share that with you later in the day. But th- that that's tomorrow. Uh, Sunday is when the actual uh, the gaming news starts. So, depending on my bear hike, we will know whether the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. BST, if that will bring any DKU news. Um, So, make sure you tune in for that at that time. It's rumored to be around 90 minutes. Um hard to say but that's usually where xbox aims for with their uh, with their events uh which which just flies right by when you're actually sitting in the microsoft theater in downtown los angeles uh it tends to drag more when you're sitting in your office chair at home (laughs) but uh we haven't really discussed it but we may hop on to sea of thieves after it and just have a brief sail around in lieu of our traditional stream of thieves Sunday morning stream. And we might just discuss what we saw a little bit, um, increase seasonal renown a little bit. Um, Cameron's at level 100 for season six. So whatever, but uh, I have three more to go. Hey, I'll just, I just want to coast on the good vibes that we saved Golden Sands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for moral mad, Jeff and I will be doing a season six dis- discussion for Sea of Thieves in weeks to come. But we, we might hop on there and we will stream that if there's a so if you want to hop on our Twitch channel then. But then that evening, the conversation live on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, we will be discussing all of the events for Xbox and Bethesda 
relating to the DKU and some other stuff that strikes our fancy. Uh, we will we will speculate on what we may see there a little bit later in this episode coming right up. Now, here is the the water squirting elephant animal buddy in the room. The Nintendo Direct. It's rumored. Everybody's talking about it. I don't think it hasn't been trending on Twitter for the last five days. But the presence of a Nintendo Direct will determine the timing for everything else we do the rest of the week. And we don't know if there's going to be a Nintendo Direct yet. There are rumors, but there is nothing confirmed. So if there is a Nintendo Direct, we will have a conversation live that evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or, excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern, yeah, 5 p.m. Pacific, and then that's, you know, like 1 a.m. BST. But, if there's absolutely no Nintendo Direct at all during the week, if Nintendo completely sits out E3 week like a bunch of Grinchy Scrooges, then we will instead do a conversation live on our ideal fantasy E3, where we just go wild uh, talking about the Dream DKU lineup. Because this is a fantasy E3, after all, so why not just go all in for it? That will only happen, though, if we don't have a Nintendo Direct to discuss. There is another conversation planned, though. A DKU Tribunal special session conversation will occur Thursday or Friday, depending on the timing of the Nintendo Direct. Stay tuned for details. Uh, We'll also be streaming on Twitch at various points throughout the week, including Mario Strikers Battle League, which I just got today. Wow. Uh, Yeah, dropped off on the doorstep. And uh, luckily, the birds that had nested in my uh, the wreath on the door, uh, they had vacated. So I didn't get any bird poop. On Mario Strikers Battle League. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, I, I, it was bad enough I had all those white splotches on my Donkey Konga 2 box. <laughs> you, you remember how angry Luigi got last time. <laughs> so, that is the schedule, the schedule for the Brits in attendance as we know it for the week ahead. But it, it all rides on Nintendo, and Nintendo despite just releasing a soccer-slash-football game, they're not playing ball with us. So it's been really really hard planning this not E3. You know, I I try to put on a fun time for everybody, and it's like Nintendo doesn't even care about us. It's interesting. I thought, like, you know, when E3 got canceled, I thought, like, well, it's... It's not it's not a big deal. These companies have been used to doing this for so long. Like they can't possibly need the ESA around to tell them to make a coherent like schedule yeah. of events. And of course it looks like everybody but Nintendo played ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so- Ain't that just the way? Sony did theirs last week, right? Or earlier this week, or sometime. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's, that's how little I paid attention. And then, of course, uh, there was the uh, Summer Games Fest, or or Game Fest, or or whatever. Um, Suns out, buns out. I I didn't pay attention to that either. Yeah, and the, the Jeff Keighley <laughs> show, yes. And I, I felt bad because uh, Twitch 
in Twitch or excuse me, Twitter. Uh, too many, too many twits out there. Uh, they they told me that uh, gamers around the world tune in for Summer Game Fest, and I really didn't feel like a gamer at that point. So, oh man, that's. Me. Man, that's peer pressure. Yeah, they didn't name me, but they sure did shame me. <laughs> uh, hello to Phoenix Lord in a live stream. Phoenix Lord says, Everwild is secretly a retooled Saberman Stampede. Mm. Well, I agree with that. That's our first E3 prediction. There you go. Uh, we don't know how heavily retooled Saberman Stampede could be anything. <laughs> Saberman Stampede could be perfect dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We ha- we do have a call to take. We don't normally play calls on these live conversations, but we got a call earlier this week. I'm feeling in a celebratory mood. It's not E3. Why wouldn't I be in a good mood? So we will play it, uh, and then we will just launch right into our E3. Or excuse me, our not E3 prediction. See, I call it not E3 so the ESA can't come at me with a lawsuit. I learned this from the porn industry. If you just call something not the thing it is, then they can't sue you. It's great. <laughs> it's as easy as that. It's so easy. Yeah. All right. It's so easy. A porn star could do it. Here we go <laughs> with the call. Hey, I'll... Uh... Before I go into what I'm about to say, um, I don't know what the deal is with uh, the um, with the Google Voice thing that comes up where it tells you to, uh, hey, uh, leave your name uh, for Google Voice and we'll try to connect you. But the tone was so unbelievably ear-piercing this time that it, it actually made my ear ring. Um, so, Yeah. That was fun. Anyway, um, hey, Naughty 3 is happening again this year, and um, I just wanted to, uh, to give some uh, good vibes and some love, and uh, hope it goes well, and hope we get some good news, and uh, just wanted to give out a uh, little thing saying, uh, this week and this week only, I will be playing only DKU games. Uh, I usually play a lot of other stuff, but... This week will only will be DKU exclusive to hopefully give us some Donkey Kong, some Rare, or some Platonic news. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, really looking forward to whatever may or may not happen this year, and uh, really, really looking forward to how you're going to celebrate it. Can't wait to see the content. Have a good stream or whatever you're going to do. Goodbye. Well, thank you for the call. I think we are having a good stream or whatever. Uh, it's going well so far, right? Right? Probably in my, like, that. top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry about the ear-piercing tone of the DK Vine hotline. That was actually the angels of the heavens singing to you in celebration over not E3 week approaching. Everybody's yeah. Unfortunately, good. they're like those like biblically accurate angels. So they're <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Mitchell says, "I thought this was me at first, but then I remembered it isn't." Uh, so, oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, Mitchell and Jebaha are uh, brothers from another mother. All right. Well, do you want to get into 
our predictions. And I, I would love know, nothing more. I don't even know how we can do predictions <laughs> when we don't can't even predict whether or not Nintendo will show up to not E3. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's start with Xbox because that's the easier. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's not uh, like in a Schrodinger's box. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm going to launch right into it because there have been rumors and I must preface this by saying they are rumors and nothing more. I have not heard anything. Nobody here has heard anything. So us discussing this does not lend any validation towards these rumors. But there are some rumors out there about (laughs) Banjo-Kazooie. Getting spicy right off the bat. I, 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 look, I, I, I don't know what to think about this. I'm of two minds. One, it's bullshit. But two, it has been three years since the Smash Brothers reveal of Banjo and Kazooie. I would think if anything is going to be done with Banjo and Kazooie, riding off of that wave of popularity and nostalgia not you know not taking into account that something was done earlier this year they put the original banjo kazooie on nintendo switch online plus expansion pack but but if they're going to do anything new if xbox is going to capitalize on the ip in in a new way that generates more revenue for them i would think we're approaching the time we would start seeing some fruits of the labor but I hope so. Um, now, now these rumors, I I don't really know where they're stemming from. Who's who's gotten them started? But they seem to be the oft requested. Hey, I want a Banjo Kazooie remake. I I want it. I want the the high def 4K remake that all the 3D platformers are getting. That or at least we think they're all getting. We want that for Banjo Kazooie, um, and that's what the rumor seems to entail. Seems seems to orbit around. Uh, what wh- what are your thoughts, Cameron and Dustin, on this rumor? I I I, I must say rumor. I'll let my good friend Cameron go first. Oh, come on, Dustin. You can't just push everything <laughs> off on Cameron. You you know what? Cameron did the bear thing. I'll do this one. Um, I'd be cool with remakes of Banjo and Kazooie and, and Tui. Um, I do agree with what you've said, where I do think a new game would be the better option, but I'm not going to just not take remakes of Banjo Kazooie. I love the, uh, Spyro the Dragon remakes a lot. I think those games look gorgeous. Uh, the Crash game's a little less so. I love the racing one and I kind of have my problems with the originals, so... I would be totally down with seeing um, these banjo games get a fresh, uh, brand new coat of, coat of paint, kind of reinterpreted in a different way. Um, the Really, the only reason is because the Spyro ones look so good that I'm like, well, now I just want that for banjo. That's not what I want most from a Banjo-Kazooie game, but I, I definitely wouldn't complain. I don't know how likely these rumors are to be true, Um my gut says bullshit. Don't worry about it. This happens every year. People talk about, are we going to get a new banjo game? And then we don't. 
So I feel like that's just going to be the way it is this year. But, you know, I still hope we get a new Banjo game. Just because I don't think we're going to doesn't mean I don't want it. I, I want it more than anything. This is my number one most wanted thing is uh, breathing some new life into the Banjo-Kazooie series. Um, I just don't want to get my hopes up because every year I see it on Twitter and then uh, certain people feel entitled and get upset when they don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Mitchell on the live stream says, uh, as far as... Uh, thoughts on a banjo remake i just have not ever and still do not want a remake but i want banjo turned on again as a franchise yeah that's basically where i'm at too even if uh i would prefer a brand new game anything that gets banjo out there with something new of its own like it's great that they're in smash but uh Banjo-Kazooie being able to stand on their own would be great. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm on pretty much the same page um, as Dustin in that Ban- Banjo's in kind of a weird place for me where other than the fact that I want the franchise uh, you know, active in some capacity, I've never really felt like a like a strong drive to see a, a remake the way that or I've never really felt like there was a strong need to see the games remade because, and I'm, I'm sure like people younger than me will probably contest this, but I feel like the Banjo games have held up remarkably well for their time mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of like, in terms of like even just play control and like, like cohesion for people. Um, and I mean, I, I have gone on my own. I've gone on this before about how, you know, the Xbox, the Xbox live arcade versions of Banjo Kazooie and Tui have their flaws, um, but they are nothing so glaring that I would say, like, you might as well not play them at all. They're perfectly serviceable ways to experience them if you've never played them before or if you've re- or if you're revisiting them mm-hmm. um same with the Nintendo Switch online version of the original Banjo-Kazooie um and i would hope they're eventually going to do Tui on an SO it's just <laughs> it's just so why would you do one without the other that doesn't make yeah. sense i know stop and swap um, won't work <laughs> that's true that's that's true in more ways than one um <laughs> But um, that said, I would still just because I don't feel like we need them doesn't mean I wouldn't welcome them. Um, I would love to see Banjo Kazooie and Tui remade like remakes of the caliber of the the Spyro trilogy remakes, which are kind of like the gold standard now for three D platformer remakes in my agreed. Um, yeah, and I. I have I don't know where these rumors are coming from other than the one I've seen going around on Twitter which is people have seen Phil Spencer playing Banjo-Kazooie. Right. Which like <laughs> I feel like that only means something in hindsight. <laughs> right. Everything like if it, if it happens you can say that that matters but 
everything um, everything is a clue after the fact, but um, you know, I, I I'm pretty much in the same boat as you two uh, and Mitchell. I I've never had this desire for a banjo kazooie remake, not one little bit. I I feel that like my my problem with these remakes is they always seem to be chasing the memories of how we perceive these games to be in our mind um, using modern technology. So like, like, cause when I imagine Banjo Kazooie, the original N64 game in my mind, I'm imagining something that's far more lush and vibrant and modern than what it actually is. That's just the way my <laughs> brain perceives it. And I feel yeah. like that's what these remakes try to do, but it's never going to reach that because nostalgia is so powerful that all you can do is screw up the memories. So it's like one of those things where why bother except all these other franchises are doing it. I don't think we need to be chasing them. That being said, if they announce a Banjo-Kazooie remake on Sunday, uh, I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to be actually very, very happy because like Mitchell, I just want to turn Banjo on. As a <laughs> Don't franchise. we all? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a interesting thing to point out. Like, part of why I've never felt like a strong drive to see a banjo kazooie remake is I have such a strong i more than probably any other franchise. I have such a strong idea in my head of what like an HDified banjo kazooie would look like mm-hmm. that there's absolutely no way the reality could match it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, I think that's the same for anybody else. Now there are, I think the crash and Spyro remakes demonstrate the two routes you can go with that. Um, I feel like the crash remake very much did try to go the route of uh, what does, what does the crash trilogy look like in the heads of people who played it? And I, think it didn't really work out for the best whereas the spyro trilogy um was more um more confident um doing their own thing in places or taking um taking stylistic liberties to say like okay well this isn't 100% what it used to be in the day but how can we strengthen what's there in our own way. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. That's why uh, I'm not as big a fan of the Crash remakes as I am the Spyro ones. Um, another reason I'm not particularly uh, craving Banjo remakes is the 4J, or at least some version of the Banjo games are easily available. You have the 4J versions on Xbox consoles, and now we're getting... Uh, the original N64 versions, or at least the first game for now on Switch Online, these games are not hard to get. With Crash and Spyro, those original games are not super easy to get a hold of, so it makes a little more sense to uh, make them easier to get with remakes. Banjo doesn't have that problem. Yeah, we're we're knee-deep in Banjo-Kazooie at the moment, as far as the original mm-hmm. game goes. We have options, so many legal, mm-hmm. easy options to play it, whether you have a Switch or an Xbox. So, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, like like I said, if they do announce it, it's going to be a great 
euphoric feeling because it will mean at the very least this is ground zero for potentially more banjo content more banjo games even if we have to go back to the original to get that done then yeah uh i it will still be yeah. a day of jubilation yeah totally agreed yeah mitchell in the live stream says i feel like the next banjo game whatever it is will dictate what the art style is for the next decade at least and I'd rather that be done by a new game with an art style design for what it is. And I think that's a fair point when you look at Donkey Kong Country Returns, which is still dictating the art direction for Donkey Kong to this day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Up to and including the theme park. Um, I'd, I'd say that depend would depend, I think, on if the studio that handles the Banjo remake is also the studio that handles the sequel. And I would assume Mm. in this case it would be, but I only bring that up because um, we keep talking about Crash and Spyro. The visual, uh, the art direction of the Crash remakes and the Crash Team Racing remake um, are very much not the art direction in the actual new sequel, Crash 4. That's true. Which followed more of the Spyro design sensibilities well i guess then there's no way to know anything whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) maybe banjo kazooie's just dead maybe that's it maybe smash was it i i don't think it will ever be dead i i think i don't either but there's no way to know that's that's the extremely pessimistic here i'll uh yeah I'll, i'll float this though something that could make me a lot more interested in remakes of Banjo-Kazooie and Tui. Um, there is a third Banjo game that uh, could provide a pretty novel experience if it got a remake, and that's Grunty's Revenge. Yeah. Missions. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing about Grunty's Revenge is you would have to almost substantially rethink a lot of it if you're just going to turn it into a straight 3D platformer since it's designed to be a top-down experience. And then would it really still be Grunty's Revenge, or would it be something else entirely? Yeah, I guess it would be something else entirely, but that's kind of why I would be interested in seeing it. Granted, if that were the case, you'd have to do this as like a... I imagine you'd have to do this as like a a three-in-one, again, like the Crash and Spyro remakes, because I don't think there's... It would be any way to justify selling a Grunty's Revenge remake as its own product. I mean, yeah, to, but... to us, but we are, we are but <laughs> a niche group. Right. Yeah, I'd be totally down for it. Like, like you said, it would kind of just be totally its own beast. It wouldn't even uh, be the same game as the Game Boy Advance original, but I'm fine with that. It's still, uh, it's giving us a different take on a familiar game. Honestly, with, with Grunny's Revenge, you could even have fun with the concept of time travel and paradoxes and have it be a separate adventure that's still telling yeah. the same adventure. You you could get weird with it. And, you know, as, as much as DK Vine likes to posit that the XBLA remix of Kazooie and Tui were just log making Banjo and Kazooie re-experience the events of those adventures based on some errant bits of dialogue here or there. 
Um, I, I think that you could really actually do that with Granny's Revenge, even have it start off as you just think it's a remake. And then over time, sort of similar to the Banjo X pitch, you realize that things are happening differently and then things might be more screwed up than you realize. Um, I, I think other remakes have done a similar uh, concept uh, in, in recent years. Uh, but uh, that would be fun for Granny's Revenge. And that might be, I mean, that, 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 that's never going to happen, but that would be a fun middle ground <laughs> where we get a, a classic vintage bit of Banjo-Kazooie, but it's still a mostly new experience for people. Um, and, and even Grunny's Revenge aficionados, uh, the diehards who swear by Grunny's Revenge, which, which I do, I, I think we would appreciate that more than just Banjo-Kazooie again, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah imagine how you'll get the beautifully rendered tip top suite and they'll have like little audio foley of the sticky floor oh <laughs> as you walk across it would it be sticky at that point or would it be crunchy i don't like either <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only if only it's it was a vr game and and i and like <laughs> <laughs> finally i can experience tip top's conception for myself smell a vision you could you could <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm really there <laughs> honestly uh, honestly uh and, and this is not even a rumor but i would love if they would take those gba games from the buyout era which to me are some of the most quintessential rare titles uh so, something that uh, I butter Paul Mac check up with probably once a week on Twitter. Uh, if if they could take those and do some sort of compilation for those, some sort of re-release for those, so you could play those on the Xbox platforms, that would be great because those games are languishing in obscurity thanks to THQ's poor distribution for them. And I, I know there's probably all sorts of legal issues with source code and, and THQ itself, maybe. But if you could do some sort of package where we could get It's Mr. Pants in the hands of the masses with, with Game Pass, even even if it was just via Game Pass. Oh, that would be that would be worthy of celebration as well. Get Saberwolf in people's hands. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, now you, you you could you could experience what DK Vine has been talking about all year since since we determined that Saber Wolf GBA is DKU. So, yeah, Seymour Butt, you could see him. Oh yeah, uh, Tom Leaf and uh, <laughs> all these memorable characters. Yeah, Wesley Snaps, who has <laughs> who has new <laughs> photographs of Saber Man, Saber Man's wife under the counter <laughs> um <laughs> so so many classic characters but you know i i i don't know i i would put the odds of a banjo kazooie reveal at 50 50 I'm, I'm gonna be generous and say 50 50 because i i if it was a year ago i would say probably 70 30 30 percent chance odds of it happening uh, mm-hmm. but, but I think three years is a sweet number removed from the ultimate reveal of Banjo and Kazooie. And, uh, I, I would hope that Phil Spencer w- would realize, Hey, got these hot properties. We should be doing something with them. Gotta, gotta mm-hmm. make the bucks. And e- even, even if rare is not involved with that whatsoever, 
uh, I, I'm sure the higher brass at Xbox would be looking at Banjo and Kazooie and being like, "We should really, we should really uh, dust these these two off because uh, we're we're sitting on a potential gold mine here." Yeah, and like even if it was just a teaser for it, and like that's what they did with uh, Battletoads 2020 the year before. We just got like a little teaser saying, "Yup, it's coming." The, 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 problem, um, the problem with a teaser is then you would inevitably draw comparisons to the nuts and banjo bolts is teaser. back. Banjo's back, yeah, and, and everybody be <laughs> just said, "Oh, but it's gonna be fool me once. It's gonna be a nuts and bolts too, isn't it?" <laughs> so. And, yeah, I mean, I would be fine with nuts and bolts too, if I'm honest. But I know everybody else would collectively <laughs> have their faces melt off like a Nazi looking at the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, I feel like announcing a nuts and bolts two would be the absolute worst <laughs> thing they could do. Even I, if I would still enjoy yeah, it. No, I it would I, just I, be. I, I would we've be, got all this money on the table. How can we burn it? <laughs> let, let me rephrase. I would be personally fine with it if i lived yeah. in a vacuum completely oh me too i love society yeah i would be mortified if they did announce it because i would i know the shit storm that would cause so <laughs> yeah you know, I, it was it was already not fun um loving the battletoads um reveal and coming out to see people being horrible about it. That's the one benefit, Cameron, of not being in the E3 bubble, which we've talked about uh, before here on The Conversation. When you are at E3 in person, you are in a hermetically sealed universe that the outside world is not really creeping in. So we, we experienced Battletoads. We liked it. And then we came back to the DK Vine Love Shack, and uh, we we were surprised that everyone hated it. Everyone at home <laughs> was hating it, and, and that is this weird disconnect between being at E3 in person and being at home. Is you don't have the collective hive mind to sway your opinions, and you 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 can kind of like judge for yourself whether or not something's exciting, and then. Uh, not have it influenced by your your peers and friends and strangers on the internet but um but this year we'll just be uh in in the thick of that because we'll be experiencing everything from home so um yeah so what else could we see at the xbox and bethesda game showcase well i think it's a pretty safe bet that sea of thieves will have some sort of trailer and I, I realize that's not really exciting for people because Sea of Thieves is always having trailers. It's a living game. We get Sea of Thieves news every month of the year. And we we just uh, completed this Lost Sands adventure in Sea of Thieves where it was uh, the forces of good or at least um, chaotic good going off the alignment charts of uh merrick and the pirate lord and you know the the those pirates versus the reapers and it was for the fate of golden sands outpost which had been enshrouded by evil spooky ghost fog and, and basically it was going to be like uh the what faction were you going to align with and then you're working to destroy it or you're working to save it and of course we were working to save it primarily here at dk vine 
mostly because we're not we're not evil, but also because Jeff and Dre's blog, Golden Sands blog post, is named after it. So we we saved it. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it was was all down to us, and (laughs) we uh, we just came out of that. And I'm honestly surprised the forces of good won because you know the world as it is these days. I just assumed that the Reapers would win, but uh, we're we're coming out of that. did did not expect uh, keep a good thing going to win over destroy something to see what would happen. Right. <laughs> I am very surprised. I think I was kind of even on the fence. It really came down to uh, not wanting to let uh, Golden Sands blog post down. I I do. I consider myself wanting to do more good than bad, but I also see the benefits in you know maybe just letting it yeah. not be fixed up. I uh, I'll I won't speak on it too much because I feel like I want Jeff to get his due whenever this um actually gets brought up on its own dedicated episode. But I I was also of the opinion that like they've made this very dynamic choice, and I was like in my head I'm uh, I, I feel like a lot of people were using the argument well they don't want Golden Sands to go back to normal because it'll just roll it back to exactly the state it was before they attacked it at the beginning of the year. And no, I don't think that's what's going to happen because Sea of Thieves updates have never worked that way. Mm -hmm. I feel like they will, like Golden Sands will be rebuilt and repaired, but you'll still have those, the effects of the fact that it was at one point and in utter shambles. Mm -hmm. And that to me is interesting. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it's it would be like if somebody uh, came along and burned all of the vines in Donkey Kong games. <laughs> what would I do? What would we do? <laughs> all right. Well, Sea of Thieves, I, I, I don't know because I don't think they're going to have quite the big reveal they had last year, where they they worked uh, a deal with Disney for a massive crossover within Sea of Thieves. And, and granted, um, if they did a follow-up to that, the timing would probably be terrible for the yeah. return of Captain Jack Sparrow. So <laughs> I think that uh, it's going to be a more low-key year for Sea of Thieves. But I could I, be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I feel like it'll be low, a low-key year, but I don't think we'll get nothing. Like, it yeah. could be as small as, like, oh, there's a new ship set in the Emporium. Yeah, they, they, or, they usually tie Or here's in. a... Here's a trailer for the next update. I feel like it's going to have some sort of presence, um, even if it's not in their main presentation, like adjacent to it. And honestly, it's kind of nice to have something that you just know will be there every year. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the weird thing, because from E3 2015 <laughs> through E3 2019, Sea of Thieves <laughs> was just this reliable thing at every ether. Like, no matter what, we knew Rare was going to be there and Sea of Thieves was going to be there. And and I realized once the game launched in 2018, our audience really checked out whenever we talked about Sea of Thieves at E3 because it's like, well, the game's out. Why? What? What? <laughs> you know? But, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's, still, it's still fun to have that presence there. And, um... Yeah, I, I, I think it'll probably be a lower key year. It, they will probably have some sort of trailer. 
Um, even if it's just like, hey, check out, it's it's not going to be as epic as last year. Like, hey, check out what's coming down, uh, coming down the, the the horizon and see if thieves. I was trying to, I was going to use like a road analogy. I was like, that doesn't work. And I was going to be like a, a river. And I was like, well, that still doesn't work. Uh, the horizon, yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to get that, but it, there may be some sort of like, cosmetic that week i don't know if you if you play the game you get this uh, maybe they'll put tt in the game because hey hey uh we've got we're, we're coming up on the 25th anniversary of diddy kong racing fan gamer has this rare racers merchandise you could have a rare racer ship set at some point i'm not saying they're going to time it for e3 but i'm just putting the idea out into the universe so i could finally get my um my watch that looks like tt <laughs> Would be nice. Um, I can't say for sure what I think Sea of Thieves will do this year, but I can tell you what I'd like them to do. Okay. So last year, we got uh, our Pirates of the Caribbean stuff in Sea of Thieves. Um, But there was also something else kind of hidden away in there. Um, And we got a new Monkey Island coming out on the horizon. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that uh present in sea of thieves not exactly the monkey island i was hoping for this e3 but uh... (laughs) i i would i don't know if that would happen this year but i feel like um the the small small taste of monkey island in that is in a pirate's life got so much good press for rare and i feel like the writing is on the wall that like people would be receptive to more of this Mm -hmm. and a pirate's life in itself was very successful and i would imagine lucrative for both disney and rare so it's it's another thing or like it it's like banjo there's money on the table here yeah yeah and it's not like Monkey Island is nearly as big as Pirates of the Caribbean. It would not be anywhere near as big a deal uh, to anyone else except me. But, um, <laughs> you know, with this new game coming out, it couldn't hurt. It couldn't even if it was just like uh, a ship set. I'd I'd gobble up any sort of Monkey Island content you want to cram in there. Dustin, to be fair, I think, me... I think more people care about Monkey Island than it's Mr. Pants. So you've got oh, that. Up. <laughs> that got makes that me on, feel a little better. Me, right? Give me a stand, give me stand the salesman's jacket as a wearable. Oh, the texture stays <laughs> in place no matter what your pirate does. It'll be the most irritating cosmetic in the entire game. That would I be amazing. <laughs> well, what about the other, the other rare game in constant development with less to show for it? I'm talking about Everwild. So Everwild has gone through the ringer a bit. Uh, It's kind of an open secret, not even a secret. Uh, They've had constant turnover uh, behind the scenes. New people coming in, taking it over. Uh, Gary Knapper is is the one now um, overseeing it under Louise O'Connor. So... I, I don't even have any conception of what Evermild Everwild might be looking. I called it Evermild. Um that would be that would be the uh the kind of bitchy headline at Kotaku if they don't like it when it comes out. Um <laughs> it, 
I, 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 I have no idea what it might look like now compared to the like giant salamander creature birthing the babies from its mouth trailers we saw in the past. You say you have no idea what it might like, look like now. I had no idea what it looked like then. I still don't <laughs> know whatever wild is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't have a good read on this game in any sense. The the trailers were very effective for me because they conveyed that this was going to be a rare game, much like Sea of Thieves took all those little pirate bits from all those rare games and and distilled it into one ultimate expression of that idea. I felt like Everwild would do the same with the nature themes, the living in harmony with one's environment ideas that have been so prevalent in so many rare games for so many decades now. That, that, but I still have no idea what Everwild could be, what, like how it plays, what what it actually right. uh, feels like. And I, I think it's it was fine in those first two trailers when it was just about wetting your appetite, you know, getting the imagination going. But it's been a couple of years now, and I think we just want to know what the game actually is. And yeah, um, it would be nice if we got a taste of that, even if the game is still several years out, a half a decade out. I don't even know, but. It would be nice to have a little check-in, a little, little look-see, a little sneaky-poo of, of what's happening with Everwild. Even if they don't have a lot to show for it, it would just be reassuring so it doesn't become vaporware. In the minds of gamers, at least. Yeah, I like the animals in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really, I don't understand what we've seen. I really like what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what the deal I want is. To know, I want to know more. Yeah. So please let me know more. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't even campaign for DKU characters to appear in it until I have a better idea of what it actually is. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of at a loss myself, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I remain optimistic about it. Uh, I, and I, I'm impatient with it. The nice thing about Sea of Thieves is that it doesn't really leave me wanting for any other new rare games, right? Like the the constant stream of content in Sea of Thieves has been tidying me over all of these years. So I can wait on Everwild because quite honestly, I don't know how I would fit another rare game yeah. in my schedule at the moment. <laughs> it, it's nice to like not feel like the need to do a wellness check on rare because you see Sea of Thieves trucking along at a regular pace. I'm like, oh, okay, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a different situation than it was in the buyout era. W totally different from the uh, what what we call the returns era of the DKU, but that corresponded to the Connect era for Rare. Uh, I mean, Rare's in a good place uh, financially, at, in in a reputable sense. Like pe people look at rare as a as a leader within xbox games now and they've cultivated an entirely new fan base that has actually eclipsed the old rare fan base at this point so good for them um makes makes me content and it makes me patient when it comes to everwild i just want them to have the best game that for for the players but also the game they want to make so just uh just just hope we get a little insight into it at this games showcase. Yeah. Totally agreed cuz 
I love Sea of Thieves, but as much as I love Sea of Thieves, Rare's been working on Sea of Thieves for a long time, and I want to see something different. Well, that's not going to change. I, I have a feeling Sea of Thieves. Oh, no, I want, I want more Sea of okay, Thieves. Okay, I, yeah. just like, I just like something to go along with it. Sure, sure. Well, there's another rumor that's not so much a rumor as an open secret. Uh, it, it's it's pretty much out there at this point. Uh, there's, they're seeing smoke, and then there's watching the house burn down, <laughs> um, or the big the big satellite dish controlling the <laughs> laser firing satellite. Goldeneye, uh, not not a DKU game. Uh, it does have a DK mode in it where you can turn Pierce Brosnan and friends into uh, Kong shaped monstrosities. But uh, GoldenEye 007, the N64 classic, has been rumored to be coming to Xbox for quite a while now. And when I say it's been rumored, it's been rare employees have been uh, <laughs> spotted. Yeah, um, <laughs> when, I, when I said uh, you can't read anything into Phil Spencer playing Banjo-Kazooie and, and like see, seeing his achievements pop... Um, you can maybe read into somebody playing a game when it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and you see their achievements? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won't name any names of who, who, who have been caught doing that, but I, I think they deserve a trophy I, I, for... Uh... <laughs> I, I should not have used a fire analogy. They might be feeling bad enough about that as it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- this is pretty much a lock as happening. Uh, it, it's it's probably been delayed. It was probably going to happen earlier, much earlier, and then a certain international conflict transpired that would make. Uh, I didn't think about it from that angle, but yeah, that would considering the make plot a lot of, of the, sense. Considering the opening plot of GoldenEye. Well, you know, the, the, yes, the, uh, the inciting incident. Double O Six Yeah, Double O Six's whole modus operandi and and the whole backdrop of GoldenEye being about the fall of the Soviet Union and how James Bond can exist in a post-Cold War setting. Well, now that we're right back into uh, not even a Cold War, almost a hot war uh, with with our old pal Pootie Poot, uh, then, uh, yeah, it was probably not a good time to launch GoldenEye 007. But... We're, it's just kind of the reality the world community is living with, both uh, watching the news and at the gas pump. So I think that they're just going to push it out. And um, I think they've got to be quick about it because being the Bond enthusiast that I am, uh, I, I think they're – this is just speculation. But I think that they might have a narrow window to re-release GoldenEye 007 as it originally was, because we are in an interim Bond period for the movies. Uh, Daniel Ooh. Craig is no longer Bond. He has, he has uh, hung it up, and they haven't announced the next Bond yet. So this is the time they are actually allowed to release any legacy Bond stuff that isn't the current Bond actor. So I think now would be the time, and that's, that's the whole reason yeah. we're seeing it now. Is because uh, spoilers five four three two one Daniel Craig is dead. Oh, 
Not in real oh, life. No. Not in real life. Parachute not open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna steal that from Jeff. Um, <laughs> so I I, th- I think that is the. I think that was the legal holdup. What what made GoldenEye impossible to re-release before? Part of it was because Daniel Craig was the hot new young Bond, and uh, and now he's smoldering corpse. And we <laughs> uh, I I will also say, um, like this has been this GoldenEye has been out there in the ether for a while. Like leaks trickled out about this like earlier this year mm-hmm. and i think for a while i wondered like did this just get like entirely shelved like did like they stop working on it all together um but um people discovered in this recent uh bit of leak out of the achievements um that uh some images that used to contain a uh, golden legacy GoldenEye dev uh, David Doak have been edited to remove him. Oh. Mm. So work has clearly been done on the game since it last um, leaked out online. So that's a promising sign that something is actively being done with it. Mm. Yeah, I I would be shocked if we didn't see GoldenEye announced. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know that that's all that I would be comfortable predicting for Xbox. There's always room for surprises, and you know, I, my my go to for Xbox surprises was who would have ever saw Conquer in Project Spark? That that blindsided us that year. So <laughs> you know, you never know. You never know what we may be getting from the land of the green anus. But I think that those four predictions are what we want. We're going to be looking for Not even predictions, but those four possibilities are what we're looking for from Xbox this Sunday. Now we call to Nintendo and I don't even know you two. I don't even know live stream chat. I don't even know conversation (laughs) listeners. After the fact, will we even get a Nintendo Direct? Because I feel like Nintendo, they don't care so much about other people's traditions. And I feel like... Are things things pretty dire when the E3 conversation is shifted from, will we see Donkey Kong to, will we see Nintendo? I mean, I I could totally see Nintendo being like, there we we're not structurally obligated to to have anything because there's no E3 this year. Let's just sit this one out because nothing is really ready to be shown, and and then just be totally fine with that. While the rest of us are squirming around on the floor, having a sh- like panic attack because. We have a whole week of not E3 events, and, and Nintendo's not even playing with us. I, I, we got I, podcasts to do, Nintendo. We're, we're creatures of habit, Nintendo. This is we're gonna we're like getting withdrawals here. <laughs> Will we get a direct? I I don't even know at this point. There is a rumor. There is a rumor that Nintendo will have the direct on Wednesday, June fifteenth. And again, like the Banjo Kazooie thing, I don't really know. Uh, the, the true origins of this. This is just hearsay upon hearsay. But 
the the morning or i guess the morning after the rumor started i got several messages from uh, from several people some i trust who are saying hey i don't know if this is true or not but you may want to be ready for nintendo direct on june 15th i'm like well okay that would actually be preferable <laughs> this year because Nintendo has always done their E3 Directs on Tuesday. And this is something that's really not well known to people who don't go to E3 or who have never been. Uh, they do the E3 reveals on Tuesday right before the show floor opens because they want to have the last word. They, they want to be the last generating bit of hype before people enter E3 because they want to be on the tip of everyone's tongue and that's why they always do it uh, tuesday at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific without an e3 they don't need to do it on a tuesday and i honestly prefer it on wednesday if that is the case because then it spaces out the week better we have enough time to really sit on what xbox does on sunday and then we have enough time to generate hype for nintendo on wednesday it's not like that bam bam kind of effect by having the sunday tuesday lineup so yeah i'm all for it nintendo if you want to do it on wednesday but would you please announce it yeah what are you chicken so i i don't even know i could see them saying like we're not going to do a direct till august because why would we we you know (laughs) nintendo likes to do their own thing and you can't tell me what to do yeah they they very much are (laughs) like the the moody teenager of the games industry or or you know the i guess the ornery elderly relative i i I don't know i don't even know Uh, I want to say, I want to believe that they will have a Nintendo Direct, but I'm also a realist when it comes to Nintendo sometimes, and I could just see them sitting this week out. Or or, yeah. or totally fucking everything up and having a Nintendo Direct, like, in two weeks. <laughs> I, I definitely... Uh, the most predictable thing, I think, is Nintendo announcing that there's going to be a direct and giving less than 48 hours notice and that's what they that, like that's to true do. that's what they <laughs> like to do and it's really a pisser because people's work schedules people people have plans especially this time of year they might be going on vacation and nintendo's like be here in in 48 hours at this random ass time and and then you either have to miss it or you have to completely change around your schedule to be there for it. It's irritating. It's irritating. Even if they time them for some ungodly hour, you know, for, for the Americas, if it was time for Japan, I would be fine with that because at least it would be predictable. What if they announced the Nintendo Direct, but it's at the exact same time as the Xbox show? Well, they wouldn't do that because then they're <laughs> they're splitting their audience. Like they they know like to do it at a time when nobody else is doing it. What so, a sitcom episode that would be! <laughs> it would be like those uh, those scenarios where people are out at like a dinner, but they have two dinners <laughs> at the same restaurant. Exactly. Uh, excuse me, I'll be right back. I have to run to the bathroom. Yeah. Then you run over to the Xbox show. Yeah. DK Vine has oh. two dates on the same night. 
Well, I mean, we are. If we see Pierce Brosnan Bond, at, <laughs> if we see Pierce Brosnan at the Xbox <laughs> event, we do have a bit of a Mrs. Doubtfire thing going yeah. going on. <laughs> All right, let's pretend like we are going to get a direct because this whole kind of conversation depends on the the notion that we are going to have a Nintendo Direct this week. Donkey Kong. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> oh God! Last year sucked. <laughs> can I? Can I just say yet again how much last year sucked? Because what happened was, for those of you who weren't around last year, the story that we have been talking about on the conversation for a couple of years now that there was a new Donkey Kong game in development internally at Nintendo. It finally blew up in the larger gaming world. Um, people, uh, leakers ran with it, and it became a big story, and then all eyes were on us, little old us, and the expectation was because the story erroneously blew up last spring, it was definitely going to be at E3, because why would the story blow up? If it wasn't going to be at E3. But the only reason the story blew up. Was because people finally started paying attention. They pulled the kernel. Out of things like the conversation. And they ran with it. There was nothing to say. It was going to be ready to be shown last year. And look. I don't know if there's anything to say. It's going to be ready to be shown this year. Because quite honestly. like I haven't heard anything about the game. and I, Since I think it just went into development so it's pretty much locked doors now nothing's leaking out i would like to think it would be about ready to be shown but nintendo generally these days likes to show things only a couple months before it's ready to launch they with some exceptions like breath of the wild 2 obviously and metroid prime 4 haha <laughs> but by and large, especially with something like Donkey Kong, they're not going to show it until it's almost ready to ship. Right. And, boy, it would be cool. It, <laughs> I guess that's it, the one thing I have to say about a new Donkey Kong. Boy, it I would will, be nice. I will say, um, as much as I said, like, I'm not aching for a Banjo-Kazooie remake and would still love it to happen... It will be hilarious if we get a new Banjo-Kazooie game before a new Donkey Kong game. <laughs> oh, I, I've thought about that, and it cracks my shit up. And that's usually the way it is, right, for us? Like, we're we're expecting them to zig, and they zag. They being just the, the general gods of the DKU. Log, and, and, and Taj, and, and all of them. But, Mr. Pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I, I think that... It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Donkey Kong this year. It wouldn't surprise me at all not to see. I know that's just saying both things, so I'm right either way. But <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, right? Like, it, it might be ready, or it might be another year out. Who knows? I don't know. The best the best thing about saying it is what it is, is you're never wrong. <laughs> Well, again, and last year sucked because everybody got their expectations raised when sites like Nintendo Life ran the story. And I'm not I'm not like singling them out. I'm not saying it was wrong for them to talk about it. 
because if I can talk about it, surely the bigger sites can talk about it. But I mean, it's it kind of seems like like our the the rumors that DK Vine reported on were always very couched in the idea that like you know things this is very nothing is definitive because game development is such a things can change at any time and things kind of blew up because an unsubstantiated rumor forced our hand to comment on it. Yeah. I don't really to this day know if the, the rumor that kind of like forced this conversation out into the open had any veracity whatsoever. There are essentially two different conversations. Yes. That got rolled together. And I still stand by, um, what what we have been uh sourced uh the, the the information we've been sourced and it's not just me gibbon has also gotten uh you know information and we various people on staff have been fed different things by different people who we trust and have been steered yum, yum. in the past right so and and again i i hate to keep bringing this point up but I, I see a lot of comparisons being made in the broader Nintendo internet. Um, the broader Nintendo internet is usually people who came of age in the GameCube era or later. So, like, to them, Donkey Kong isn't this huge franchise, but they compare Donkey Kong to things like F-Zero or even Star Fox. And I'm like, Ooh. well, yeah, the thing with F-Zero mm-hmm. and Star Fox is Nintendo isn't devoting millions of dollars for a theme park based around them. <laughs> yeah. I'd go um, to Star Fox Land. So would I, I, but... I would. I still still salty that, that Star Fox <laughs> Warriors game got vetoed. Um, <laughs> they launch um, you into outer space and tell you to fend for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't I bring my food? <laughs> Well, it's because it's Florida and you're not allowed to have any to vote. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'd say a key difference with like, let, let's say that like a Donkey Kong game was being developed at some point, say like, you know, things went catastrophically wrong and like that game no longer exists Nintendo isn't just going to say, well, oh, well, that that project's dead. Yeah. DK is a core is like such an integral property. They'll be inclined to like, well, let's start up another one. Well, that's exactly kind of what happened, as we've reported on. Uh, There hasn't just been uh, almost a decade, what, eight years now of no active Donkey Kong development. There has been something ceased to be and then it started up again purportedly at nintendo itself so there's never been a moment since 1993 or so where a donkey kong game hasn't been in active development so i I, or or at the very least been planned to begin development at any point so i i think that everybody just needs to stop taking every Nintendo Direct where a Donkey Kong game isn't announced as proof that the brand, the franchise, is dead. Because, good grief. Good grief, Charlie Brown. There is... (laughs) Ugh! There is... 
like I I know you feel like the football is is being picked up every time you try to kick it. I that Cameron help me out because I that's the, my <laughs> peanuts reference points right there. You know, you 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 check in the Valentine's Day box every February. Nothing comes. <laughs> the, 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 you know, you think you're getting a Donkey Kong game, and oh no, it flew into the Donkey Kong game eating tree. There, there we go. There we go. I I realize that everybody sets up their expectations, and they think that every direct means that the game doesn't exist, that the rumors were wrong, that what we talked about was misinformation. Oh, the amount of times this past year I've been said, I've been told that, oh, you were just fed misinformation, like Star Fox Racing was misinformation. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I st- How many things have you said that you didn't actually say ever, Hyle? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I feel like all that said, like, it is frustrating that we've gone this long without any news on a Donkey Kong game. Like, that is a valid feeling to have. Sure. But just, you weren't, you very clearly were not promised anything. Yeah. And I I think that the circumstances behind why there has been such a massive stretch, you have to look at those circumstances and how unique they are. Because quite honestly... Even if Retro made a third one, would would it even be out yet? I mean, yeah, for for, for perspective, um, I think we've known about Metroid Prime 4 longer than we've known about rumors of a new Donkey Kong game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was an official announcement. Right, so... Whoops. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't worry, again, just if you feel anxious about it, if you feel the vapors... If we do get a direct next week and nothing is talked about, think about that theme park. Think about yeah. the Donkey Kong movies movie rumors, which I realize are just more rumors. Um, but I think been, about real gorillas. Look, as far as the Donkey Kong movie goes, I I have been fed information on that as well, and uh, I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's happening. Assuming that the Mario movie does well enough to justify it, but. There's already legal maneuvers happening. I, I can't say anymore, but I laughed out loud when I heard some deets for the movie. <laughs> so there's there's going to be a new Donkey Kong game. It will be coming in sooner rather than later. Like, we're not going to be waiting another eight years for it at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's this summer. I hope it's next week that we hear news. But I'm also not going to freak out if nothing is talked about. I do hope yeah, it's it, out, I do hope it's out for the Switch. I hope we don't miss a console generation. That's my only fear because I don't want Donkey Kong's streak of having a main uh, mainline platformer on every Nintendo system to be broken. I know Tropical Freeze came out for Switch, but that was a Wii U port. I, w- I want a new Donkey Kong game on the Switch. Turns out it's going to be announced for the PS5. Weird. Weird. One thing I'll say is... Go ahead. Even if we don't get another, like, the big new Donkey Kong game, I still feel like odds are pretty high that we'll see DK in some way. We usually do, like, in a cameo game of some sort. Did you say we'll see DK in Subway? 
Yeah, I did hear that as well. Okay, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. You said some way, but it sounded like Subway. Like, we're going to see Donkey Kong in the We will subway. see him getting a Subway sandwich. He's going to get those banana peppers just all over it. <laughs> Look, him, it's Donkey Kong. See him riding the Subway. Uh, yeah. Eating Subway. He's hit hard times. He can't even afford his own go-kart anymore. He's got to take the Subway. <laughs> But yeah, I I feel like um, odds are usually pretty good that we'll get like a Mario spinoff title or something. Woo. Um, Woo. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or or even like the next batch of uh, Mario Kart stages. Um, You know, that's a game that's already out, but but that would still give DK Vine something to talk about. Speaking of games not getting new entries in a platform generation. <laughs> Very well, true. Not counting the um home track game. And Mario Kart Tour. Oh, I meant um what's the name of the one with the toy? No, I I know oh. what you're talking about, the toy one. Mario home, Kart, home circuit. Home Mario Kart Live That's home it. circuit. But uh, but I feel like Nintendo's treating But a new Mario, numbered entry. I feel like Mar- uh, Nintendo's treating Mario Kart yeah. Tour as the new major Mario Kart game of the generation. They kind of are. It has all the content I would have liked to see in a new numbered Mario Kart. <laughs> Which, <you> know, <laughs> I, I, I play, Cameron, you and I, we, we can kind of shame each other here. We play it every day because I see I see you on there. I, we're trading coins back and forth. Um, like, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's an addictive little time waster. And I do enjoy driving around as the Kongs in it. It's... It, it's more fun than I than a barrel of monkeys. No, not not quite. But it's it's more fun than I initially thought of it. I I wrote it off infamously on that first conversation about it. I've really come around on it. I've warmed up to it. I play it more than Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. I mean, yeah. way more than Mario yeah. Kart Eight Deluxe. Yeah. As Phoenix uh, says in the chat, it's got Dixie in it. It's got Dixie <laughs> in it. True. It's, you get a lot of goodwill out of me by putting Dixie Kong in a game. All right. Can I just say what I do with Mario Kart Tour? And th- this is a little glimpse into my insanity. I, I don't know. But so the first week of any tour, when when they're, uh, you know, lo- like rolling out all of the various um, cups. And, and, you know, you can use a quick pass to, you know, get the cups unlocked early, but they come mm-hmm. out one day at a time. Um, I only use the Kongs in specific vehicles that I think suits them best in all of those races. So the uh, end of tour credits that little play, I get <laughs> Donkey Kong in the uh, DK Jumbo. I get Diddy Kong in the Gold Barrel Train. I get Dixie Kong in the Banana Master Cart. I get Funky in the Rambi Runner, the silver version of the Rambi Rider. I get Donkey Kong Jr. Excuse me. I put Donkey Kong in the DK Maximum, the polished, like, varnished version of the DK Jumbo. And Donkey Kong Jr. SNES goes in the DK Jumbo. And then I now have the My Me, the character you, and by you I mean me, I have him in the Donkey Kong racing costume, and he's in uh, the barrel, the regular barrel train. Anyway, I have all six characters just <laughs> driving next to each other in the credits in those very Kong-specific vehicles, and they're the only characters on the track in those credits. And I'm like, 
hell yeah, I almost feel like I'm playing a Donkey Kong game. I've never wished I was Heil more. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the the blessed life i i live dustin um <laughs> must be nice must be nice hashtag blessed yeah uh but i wish but i was cool i do that just so i can get a small hit of what a donkey kong racing game would look like or hell any donkey kong game and that's how thirsty i am for new kong tent we're scraping gotcha kongs off the floor just to survive. <laughs> <laughs> I spent thirty nine ninety nine on that Dixie Kong. Oh, I'm man. not. I'm not ashamed to admit it because it was worth it. And now I've maxed out Dixie. She's <laughs> level eight. She's got the maximum amount of points she can get. And boy, I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so speaking of, of other Nintendo games, other cameo games, I mean, you, you brought up the possibility, Dustin, that maybe we'll see Donkey Kong in another Mario game, another Mario's, uh, <laughs> like, side game. Do you think... Mario have, throwing us a bone. I don't think we'd see another Mario Party this soon. I say that knowing full well that they had annual Mario parties for almost an entire decade but I don't think they're going to do that. Do you, like, what else could be revived for the Switch? I I think we could see new uh, content for Mario Party Superstars. I would certainly like love for there to be. It's a yeah. game that is. It's a it's a very it's a very good game, and I would love anything to any any excuse to revisit it with, especially more characters. Yeah, especially since you have those uh, models from uh, Super Mario Party. You could just throw Diddy in there at any point. Oh, that's right. Diddy's not in it. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry, Heil. No, I, I, I always conflate it with Super Mario Party. And I'm like, well, Diddy was in that. Why wouldn't he be in this? And I, I really want DK's Jungle Adventure. That'd be cool. That'd yeah. be a good one to bring back. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to get excited about that, isn't it? Like, oh, I, I hope we get more DLC for a game that's been out for nearly a year. <laughs> and and DLC, that would just be remade uh, things from past Mario Party games. Right. If I can't get excited about a new Banjo-Kazooie like, remake, how am I going to get excited about <laughs> remakes of Mario Party boards from years past? I'd, I'd still be excited for it. I love... Uh, playing Mario Party Superstars with friends. It, and if I have more to do, then even better. That is, a, I think, what's helping make it for me. And granted, like, I was... I'm one of the people who didn't play the N64 Mario Party, so all of this content is new to me. But also, the dynamic of playing these games online is going to be new to a lot of people. Yeah. And that makes it very exciting to revisit these things. And I want to be able to do it with Diddy Kong. Yeah. <clears throat> as far as sports go, I feel like the only property that hasn't been revived now is what, Mario Hoops 3-on-3? Three three? Baseball. Baseball. Oh, yeah, Sluggers. Yeah, let's let's get Sluggers back. Now, I know when I say let's get Sluggers back, everybody's going to be thinking about all the Donkey Kong characters who were in the last one, including K. Rool. And if... 
Mario Strikers Battle League is any indication, I don't think it would mean we would get really any characters back. And a big part of that is because there is now, you know, an internal Donkey Kong team. And and there are Donkey Kong brand managers. And they might be like, well, do you really need to use Critters and K. Rule in, in your Mario game? Um, we'll let you have Donkey Kong. Jim, do you know how many characters? Do you know how many players are on a baseball team? I'm just, assume, I'm just assuming the guy managing Donkey Kong's brand is named Jim. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a very common Japanese name, right? You don't get to have Donkey Kong, but we'll let you have Swanky Kong. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, Swanky Kong is a swinger in my. Uh, That's canon, true. So. I don't know. It, it's hard to get excited about cameo games that aren't like Mario Kart. And I don't think Mario Kart 9 is on the table. I just don't. Mm-hmm. They, they wouldn't be having all this Mario Kart 8 content, or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe content rolling out if Mario Kart 9 was right around the corner, right? Right. Like, they're, they're going to let that DLC cycle finish before they would even entertain announcing that. So I, it definitely wouldn't happen this not E3. Yeah, I agree. Before we move on, is it even worth speculating about Star Fox, or should we just have a laugh and (laughs) and, and just end our Nintendo? I might have a small cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's weird. I'll say this about Star Fox. Thinking back to E3's past, before Star Fox Zero, Star Fox was always a possibility that we entertained, especially a post-Star Fox Command Star Fox game, one that continued the story that really got going under Rare with Star Fox Adventures, you know, and incorporating the dinosaur planet mythology into Star Fox. And, and Star Fox was this huge brand for DK Vine from 2001, E3 2001, to about E3 2015, and and that really just stopped Star Fox discussion, hypotheticals, dead. And and I think yeah, we, we've made I... peace with the fact that DK Vine's Star Fox, the Dinosaur Planet trilogy, is just that. It's three games, and, and while there they may be references and homages from time to time, it's kind of a closed book. It had a good enough run. <laughs> I mean, Star Fox Assault is my favorite traditional Star Fox game, if you want to call it that. And Star Fox Adventures is in my top 10 favorite games of all time. So I think it had a good run, but I would have loved to have seen more. Yeah. yeah even even like having investment in Star Fox as a property beyond the connected Dinosaur Planet trilogy, which is my favorite part of Star Fox is that connective tissue between 64 and the three games after it. Um, I don't have a lot of hope for Star Fox as a whole, even in its reinvented form, just because we got a small taste of a reinvented Star Fox and it tasted kind of sour and people spit it out. Yeah. I am very surprised (laughs) that we got to see Star Fox Adventures Crystal in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
Well, hey, we are approaching the 20th anniversary of Star Fox Adventures, so if ever there was the time to reinvest in Star Fox Adventures nostalgia, Nintendo... <laughs> uh, Strike yeah. while the iron's hot! <laughs> I, I hope if we ever see, like, you know, if they go for a fully reinvented Star Fox, like, don't just do Star Fox 64 again, go for broke, bring in Crystal, bring in Panther, bring in Mew and Faye from Star Fox 2. Go nuts. Yeah, and I yeah, make like a hippo character. That's I, don't, I don't see why it needs to be a reboot. Everybody, that's just their first thought is like, well, no, we have to reboot I've, it. I don't want to get into a whole big discussion because I will turn make the entire episode about it. But <laughs> like, yeah, I beat the drum for years. Like, like, no, what are you talking about? Command gives you an out if you just want a sequel from Command. It's not some irreconcilable like yeah. cratering of the Star Fox franchise. Mm-hmm. If you expend any effort whatsoever, you can you can write yourself out of this corner, or you can just kind of ignore it and just just acknowledge past events without getting into which is what they suggested before the game came out yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i do agree in in the uh in the chat right now um it was uh sorry i just scrolled up at uh Astro O'Hay says Crystal and Smash specifically being the Adventures version made me figure if they ever manage Star Fox properly, she'll be back. Yeah, I, I think Crystal will be back at some point. Um, it's very promising that there's not like an apparent embargo on Crystal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hey, who knows? Maybe since it's the 20th anniversary of SFA... Maybe maybe Rare can do something Dinosaur Planet related that skirts copyrights with the Sea of Thieves. We get a ship set. Um, That'd be neat. I don't know how that would actually work or if it could work. Keep keep an eye on everybody's achievements to see if they're playing Star Fox Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) I do know they still have the Saber and Crystal statue when you drive into Rare, when driving to Manor Park on the, the winding kind of wooded road going in. You you'll still see uh, Saber and Crystal riding a dinosaur greeting you, and it's the uh, the dinosaur planet version of Crystal before. She I love that. Yeah, so like yeah, it's a cool statue. They they and they tweet about it on occasion too. So you know, I I don't know if like Saber like skirts Nintendo's uh, IP or 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 how it works, or if they even want to mess with that hornet's nest. But yeah. Um, might just be well. If Nintendo wants to le- repossess our lawn ornament, they can come get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. May- maybe this will be the year where we get no Donkey Kong, but we will get a uh, Star Fox revival that follows up on the Dinosaur Planet trilogy and a new Banjo Kazooie and a Conker, and um, we get everything but Donkey Kong. Everything from the classic DKU but Donkey Kong. We that even I get grabbed laugh. by the Ghoulies too. Now you're just being ridiculous, <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're no, we're, we're gonna just get being silly. Two and three <laughs> at the same time. That's more realistic. They film them at the same time to save money, and yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to the third major studio company of of the DKU, and that's Platonic. Now, Platonic's always the wild card when it comes to any 
event, be it E3 or not E3. It's been three years, three years since the reveal of Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Isn't it about time we hear what Platonic's been actually developing behind closed doors? I, I, yes. I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're getting close. I, I don't know when they want to reveal this. When would be the best time to do it? I, I would guess, and this is just a guess, but if there actually was an E3 this year, I think Platonic would have picked this week to reveal or give us a taste of what they've been working on. I don't, I don't know when they're going to do it. <laughs> and and I don't even know how far along the project is if it's going to be one of those things where they don't want to reveal it too early because then it's just going to become this thing where hey when's that coming out when's that coming out when's that coming out if they don't announce it they don't have to worry about that especially when they have all the platonic friends titles that they're publishing and they're currently pushing right. um, speaking of just really quick Blossom Tales 2 the Minotaur Prince was given an August 16th release date. It was uh, shown off that they're going to be doing a physical Switch release for it via Limited Run. Limited Run had their whole Not E3 presentation a couple days ago. uh, And I think it was on Monday. And um, then Platonic revealed, hey, it's coming August 16th digitally to Steam and Switch. And then the Switch physical version will be coming via Limited Run at a later date they're also going to be showing off lil gator game which is the platonic friends title i'm most enthused about little gator game during the wholesome direct the wholesome games direct at 12 30 p.m eastern 9 30 a.m pacific 5 30 p.m bst tomorrow saturday june 11th and they're, wow. they're going to be showing off more footage oh. of that. Uh, I really hope Little Gator Game has an appearance by a ukulele character so it, we can properly cover it as a DK game. It's just such a warm and fuzzy looking game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is the perfect antidote for these toxically barbed times we live in. And I think Rextro <laughs> would be perfect for it, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, um, we need we need a I'd like to see a cameo from a non-cynical ukulele character. <laughs> right, and there's that's a pretty short list. So it's it's Rextro, <laughs> maybe Dr. Puzz. I'm pretty, but... It might just be Rextro. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only because he's too oblivious to be to be cynical. Yeah. Uh, and I would don't you, want, I would don't you want ex- the world to break him. <laughs> would you accept the Knights of Hamelot? If it got us to cover a little Gator game, sure. As much as I hate <laughs> Knights of Hamelot, as much as I hate most pig characters in the DKU, I I would accept the Knights of Hamelot, or at least one of them, if if we could cover little Gator game like we do Demon Turf and um, Demon Turf and Neon Splash. Uh, by the way, DM that that the new Demon Turf game, we will be doing a conversation for it sometime relatively soon post not e3 as far as platonic themselves go as far as what they're developing internally 
I mean, I, I think it's pretty much an open secret that it's probably Tukalele, as it's known, a an actual 3D follow-up to Ukulele. Um, it was basically set, they basically said as much, uh, Gavin Price did the interview with Game Biz or, or whatever, GameIndustry.biz or whatever uh, the website was, <laughs> and they, it seemed like they ascertained from the interview that they're working on Tukalele. Nintendo Life then did an article announcing Tukalele in development, or, and then Platonic retweeted that article and then mysteriously took away the retweet um, <laughs> so i th- i think the much like a rare staffer getting achievements in golden eye the cat was let out of the bag early on that it, one when it wasn't it, supposed to be things are kind of refreshingly cut and dry with platonic compared to everybody else because i like y- ukulele is a a little bit more under the radar franchise so there's not the constant rumor mongering about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just it's the dynamic is, you know, will a game is probably being developed and we'll find out more when they announce it. You know, according to uh, Gavin Price, though, he, he wants Platonic to be developing <laughs> upwards of three games at any time. So even if it isn't the big ukulele oh no are they making banjo and donkey kong (laughs) (laughs) oh shit that would have been the perfect place to end the episode if we had planned that Uh, (laughs) these live episodes are a bit harder to to uh have perfect comedic timing on i think it could be possible that they would go ahead and show maybe a smaller title before the big one before what we call Tukulele. I don't know if they would want to do that though because of course the expectations are high for like the big Ukulele sequel. Uh if they have something a little bit smaller to announce though, that might tie people over as if they're up front with hey, this isn't all we've been working on, but we got this to show off sort of a, you know, a Diddy I mean... Kong racing before Banjo-Kazooie situation. I mean, granted, the thing everybody expected in 2019 was Tukalele, and we got Impossible Layer, maybe one of the best 2D platformers of the last, like, two decades. I would say ever Mm -hmm. made. I I would be so bold as to say one of the absolute best 2D platformers of all time. I just need to figure out what to couch in a way that's not going to get me, like, added with angry tweets. Oh, (laughs) don't worry. Anybody who's listening to this won't get angry about that. (laughs) The next ukulele game, they did Banjo. They did their take on Donkey Kong Country. Now they're going to do ukulele uh, as a Viva Pinata game. Yeah, I remember there was that, like, it looked like a pinata <laughs> Easter egg in Ukulele Impossible Layer, and people took that as, like, proof that the next <laughs> game was going to be a Viva Pinata riff. For, You're just, it's just going to be some you and Laylee, and you can beat them with shovels. I would, for some reason, my immediate thought went to just Viva Pinata exactly as is, but all of the pinatas are Vendi. <laughs> make sure they're well fed it just oh you're watching a, a vendi eat another vendi <laughs> yeah. oh 
Woo. You could kill him if you want. Just whack him with shovels all you want. Watch the mate. <laughs> Finally, a game for me. I I really don't expect Platonic to uh, announce anything in the coming week. Because why would they? Because it's not E3. But mm-hmm. you never know. You know, they're, Like I said, they're always the wild card. And I feel like there's always the possibility that they could just pull the ripcord on something. And it's that's honestly the nice thing about having Platonic. Because in a pre-Platonic world, it was always, what's Rare doing? What's Rare going to announce? And it was, when's the next Donkey Kong? With Platonic, we know they always have something in development. That there's always something being worked on. And that's all, it's going to be DKU. So it's a pretty nice, reliable uh, thing to fall back on. That that reassurance that Platonic exists, that they're developing something. And after Impossible Layer, that they can absolutely make something spectacular, uh, a five-star modern-day classic. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they have working, but I also don't want them to reveal it if they're not ready. Like, every, everything, I want them to be able to reveal it on their own terms, or at least, you know, officially on their own terms, rather than some sort of game of telephone that gets out of control and it, it outs the game they're doing. But, yeah, um, I, 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 I'm I not really looking for them to reveal anything. I think the Platonic Friends games that have been kind of swept up in all of these not E3 presentations um these last couple of days, I think that's going to be the extent of what we'll see from Platonic. But maybe Lil Gator game will be uh, revealed as DKU tomorrow. Who's the That'd be Nito Torpedo. And that finally brings us to the fourth and final entity in our not E3 2022 preview. And I, of course, am talking about us. DK Vine. Because... Even if we get nothing on Sunday, even if there is no Nintendo Direct or there is nothing announced during the Nintendo Direct, if the Nintendo Direct is just Breath of the Wild 2, if Platonic doesn't come to play, we may have a new DKU game to talk about yet. Because as I mentioned earlier in this episode... We will be having a DKU Tribunal special session conversation next week where we will determine, or rather redetermine, if Killer Instinct 2013 is actually part of the Donkey Kong universe. Oh my goodness. This has been a File 2 production. Terrico.